Dear listeners, welcome to another episode of The B-Side. Our discussion on Leonardo DiCaprio is coming out exactly one year since we started recording this spin-off experiment of sorts uh, of the Film Stage show. It has been such a fun experience, and we thank you so, so very much for listening, commenting, and engaging with us on Twitter and other social avenues. Please continue to rate, review, and subscribe to The Film Stage Show if you have not already. In the coming months, the B-Side will separate from The Film Stage Show to become its own feed. The format, concept, and guest list will stay the same, of course. In the meantime, keep listening and enjoying. Thank you again. Hello, welcome to another episode of The B-Side. We are a podcast that's part of the Film Stage Show for the Film Stage website. And let's just jump into it. Uh, we live in a world of cats. Um, we're just <laughs> going to talk. Today. Yeah. If you're listening, this is mere minutes, hours after the premiere of the mere now minutes. already <laughs> infamous <laughs> Cats trailer. And the only minutes before that was the Top Gun Maverick trailer. So suffice it to say, uh, there is no God. <laughs> and I think Christy Buck. I think I think I'm stealing that from Christy, uh, who 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 tweeted. You know, that. every day we just turn further away from his light. <laughs> That's really there is no one coming to save us, <laughs> and now we know that. But we're not here to talk about cats, <sighs> though we could. Thank God. We could. Um, we're here to talk about Leonardo DiCaprio. If you're listening now, uh, the movie Once Upon a Time. In Hollywood is most likely out, directed by, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. And this is as good as time as any to litigate the B-sides of Mr. DiCaprio. I am with my podcast producer and very good friend, Connor O'Donnell, recently engaged. Oh, thanks. Congratulations. I was sort of hoping you wouldn't mention that. So just in case things go bad, it's not done. No, it's a timestamp, baby. Uh, time but here stamp. we are. And maybe one day I'll be real sad listening and, to this episode. Oh, no, thank and you. We have, we have we um, have the best editor in the biz. Oh, well, thank you. Gavin Mevius. What's up, man? Not much. I'm I'm also very upset that Connor's engaged. I've been saving myself for him for such a long time. I didn't want to bring that up, yeah. but now we're just, let's bring it, yeah, let's just take but, all the skeletons out of the closet. But hey, it's my hoe season, I guess, then. <laughs> now, Gavin, you run the Mixed Reviews podcast with Louie, who we love. Yes. I was on the Jane Fonda episode yes. about a year ago now. Absolutely. And Still one of my favorite episodes, and you, I'm not saying that just because you're no, here. No, and I and I thank you for saying that, and I had an amazing time. That was like, she has so she has so much. I feel like I watched so much for that, yeah. and that was so, I uh, was so grateful because I watched you know to watch all that stuff, and you know you'd seen some of it. I mean, monster monster and all alone, <laughs> um, but crown jewel. So you have an episode recently called uh, Drag on Film, yes, right. And that's one of your best. I mean, we were tweeting about it, me and Connor. Um, Thank you, by the way. If you want to advertise great. my show, it's called The Mixed Reviews. Yeah, no, and, and it it's is. great, and you all should listen. Yeah, and you guys were on a top 10 list recently, so you've been getting a little bit of coverage, which is obviously great and welcome and deserved. And um, I love the Dragon film. The one before it, <laughs> I knew this and was you knew up. I was going to have to bring it up, was you did Chris Hemsworth, with, which are, with our mutual friend, Joel. Yes. 
Joel Arnold, who lives in L.A. now. Yeah, exactly. He's doing the comedy thing. He's doing the comedy thing. And you guys talked about Chris Hemsworth, and you all decided you didn't like Black Hat, Michael Mann's Black Hat. And answer yourself, sir. Explain yourself. To absolve Joel, I will say he at least didn't give it his one-star review. He was you and Louie both did, though, right? Louis and, I, Louis and I have never synced up before. One of the fun things about doing that show is I have a co-host uh, named Louie, and we don't speak to each other about what we're doing for the show. And, and so, you also hate each other like yes. a lot of famous <laughs> yes, duos. So you exactly. don't actually, other than on air, you don't speak to each other. You oh, don't no. speak. Yeah, yeah that's... It's like moonlighting, where they have to put you in different rooms. <laughs> you're not. A, you're never in the same scene. Yes. Yeah. It's exactly, but when we're there... Like season the, two moonlighting. When, when we're there, the sexual tension is crazy. Actually, it's funny. We got name-dropped <laughs> on another podcast recently, and the host was like, I think they're dating. And I was like, how dare <laughs> um, How? And um, how? People, people probably say that about me and Connor, I feel like. Uh, Oh, the joke no, between I've, our I've never no, said that. they're like I think they're married. And the the joke between is, our wife, correct. my wife, and his fiance is that we're like each, you know, that we are each other's special someone. I oh, mean, which absolutely. I feel like you know, there's there is truth to it. There was that time that you gave him the heart of the ocean. That was weird. One time, one time, the only one time, yeah, just one time. And yeah, I love that you're bringing back the alternate Leo. version where I threatened to drop it in, and he stopped me at the last minute. <laughs> oh, one and... of the most insane deleted scenes ever from Titanic. Have you ever seen it? No. What the we'll f- cover what? that in a second. Oh, all right. So Leonardo DiCaprio is the guy we're talking about today. And so here's, I'll just jump, I'll start with this for Leo, right? And obviously, just a reminder, with these B-sides, we talk about movie stars. Right. For a second there, I thought you were going to be like, if you don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio is. Yeah. (laughs) Webster's defines Leonardo DiCaprio as. Male, Caucasian, 44. Um, So we talk about movie stars, but not the movies that made them famous or kept them famous, but the ones they made in between. And so today, the four we're going to talk about, and you know, there weren't many, right? Leo is one of these guys, uh, not unlike Tom Cruise, who he's made a lot of movies, but he's playing at such a high level for such a long time when he was famous in that movie star way. You know most of the movies, like they're not actually that many B-sides. But regardless, there are a couple, a few, and four uh, uh, today are our focus. So we're going to do 1998, Man in the Iron Mask, 2000, uh, The Beach, and then we're going to jump up to 2008, 2008, Body of Lies, and then finally 2011, J. Edgar Jagger, the one and only. The one and only. Now, we're going to obviously, like we always do, talk about other movies in between, um, because there are a couple other beside ones. Um, but we'll start with this. Leo. Um, what's your what's the opinion of Leo? Gavin, what do you think? Oh, goodness. Why come to me first? Um, <laughs> I, You first approached me with this episode, sure. and I was like, I don't yeah. have a lot of strong opinions about Leo. I made it – I did an episode of um, – this had Oscar buzz, and I made a joke about Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet that the Kinsey scale runs from Claire Danes to Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> and I just happened to fall somewhere in the middle there. Um, but uh, but that's, I mean, that's it. Like, he, for a long time, I think he's occupied a space in my brain where I think of him as, like, he's a pretty face. He doesn't ever get too far out of his comfort zone. When he does get out of his comfort zone, I don't really like it. Okay. I don't, and I think that's sort of like I think he's best when he is playing up to his strengths one of them being the fact that he is so pretty and that he's very charming and that charm can turn on a dime like it can be used for nefarious deeds as well but I I don't know I don't 
Leo certainly doesn't occupy a space in my brain where he's like a character actor. So when he does pull off a role like that, and I'm thinking of Django Unchained, where like I don't really love that movie, but I like his role, his performance in it. And that is a big performance from him where he normally doesn't pull out that much. Um, I'm always surprised. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people probably, I think that's an opinion that makes a lot of sense. And I think for me, um, the take I kind of come into this recording with is that above anything else, the thing I respect the most about Leonardo DiCaprio is his dating history. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, the thing I respect most is his search history. Oh, my oh God. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> but so, and if you don't look up the dating chart Leo thing, that's book that went like briefly viral. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah. Where it like charts how he dates he dates women till they're 25 and then Jesus breaks all of them. Look it up. We'll link to it in the in the article. Um, you know, I didn't think we would be talking about my dating history, and I, I. Well, you dated Leo, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. But then you turned twenty five. Turned twenty five. Yeah. So my thing with Leo is this: I like Leo a lot. I do, um, and I am. I, I. He is one of those people. I'm genuinely excited when he has a new movie coming out, and I do think he's kind of the last movie star. Period, basically. So what I mean by that is, you know, we obviously we talk about all these people on this podcast. Tom Cruise. Okay. Still a movie star, sure. But as we speak, the slate is Top Gun Maverick, Mission Impossible 7, Mission right. Impossible 8. He is mining the IP of his past to to produce his future, right? Leo's like the only guy. And maybe Denzel, but... Yeah, he even, even Brad Pitt a little. No, nah, but see, know? yeah, but like, okay, so Brad Pitt can get Ad Astra made, okay, but Leo, <laughs> Leo is like in you know the Tarantino movie that he's in is coming out in July, right? Like you know every movie he makes these days, right? The Revenant, which I have no special feelings towards The Revenant, but made nearly two hundred million dollars domestically and is a movie about a mountain man that stars Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Like Tom Cruise can't get that movie made now, I would That's bet. True. Right? Wolf, and, and even I think, Wolf of Wall Street, right, which has a little bit more of a commercial bent right. to it is a three-hour Coke Fest, like, you know, and that's Leo, I think. But on, Gatsby, the, you know? but on the reverse side of that, and this is something I was thinking about this morning, does Leonardo DiCaprio take chances anymore? Because if you think about even just his last decade of his career, yeah. the people he works with are all, you know, Tarantino, Scorsese, uh, you know, I mean, Lerman is maybe still on the I outskirts. I saw, this is a like, Joe Reed. Joe Reed tweeted something Oh, no. Like oh, I didn't. No, no, no. I know. I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's funny that you bring this but, up because I was going to bring this up. But it's one of I those things Joe where, like, yeah. I, I think there's other actors in his position. Like, I mean, how many women has... has have directed DiCaprio in his career one. I think so. Literally, it is the movie Total Eclipse. Yeah, I think it's just Total Eclipse. Yeah. So I mean, and his his uh his nature documentaries right, right. Uh, are also directed by women. But yeah, no, you're right. But you're right. and so th- I think that's a it's. I mean, I agree. I 100 percent agree with the idea that like he's a movie star because of that. But I also think he more often than not plays it safe. I guess so. I mean, and and by when you're saying plays it safe, you mean like. He's working with established directors who he knows he's in good hands with. So, because yeah. so famously, or I always I always do this when we record. I always say famous. I always say famously, like 
everybody knows. Like, oh, you guys know. And I'm going to say this, and this is not famous at all. So yeah, it's not like we're talking pardon, about Nathan's hot dogs. Par- here. Pardon <laughs> this, pardon that this weird tick that I have. But so I listened to this interview a million years ago uh, that Christopher McQuarrie. I think it was with. Um, I think it was with uh, Jeff. Uh, I'm going to forget his Fate. name Goldsmith. now. Goldsmith. Oh, Goldsmith. That makes more sense. Jeff Goldsmith. Is that his name? Yeah. Jeff Goldsmith. Yeah. The Q&A. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Thank you. Years and years ago. And he, um, it was a great interview. And Macquarie talked about how he had an Alexander script that everybody wanted. And this is obviously ultimately the movie that got made was Alexander with Colin yeah, Farrell. And I remember Stone. this. But, but at the moment it was like Boz Lerman wanted to make it and Lerman wanted to make it with DiCaprio. But before that, or during that period, um, DiCaprio was attached and Macquarie wanted to direct the script and the, and the studio basically said to Macquarie, Leo is red hot coming off of Titanic and he still had that cachet. And this is like pre gangs in New York, obviously, or like right during it. And he's like, Leo has a list of five directors and with all due respect, you're not on that list, right? Yeah. Is what they said to Macquarie. And this is Macquarie telling the story. And I always remember that because that was the thing. He made Titanic in 97. He became obviously the biggest person in the world, right? Biggest movie star in the world. The next year, and I was like looking at this, it's fascinating. In March of 98, he had the number one and number two movies. And the number two movie was Man in the Iron Mask. And um, he clearly... and and focused on only working with like great directors. And obviously his movies in O2 were gangs in New York and catch me if you can. So Scorsese and Spielberg. So I guess to that point, I guess I think of that as him just being like an intelligent oh, yeah. Hollywood person. That being said, I do get the point. And, and, and Joe Reed, who I mentioned before, and who does the, this at Oscar buzz podcast, um, uh, he tweeted something similar and actually had an, has an article that I was going to bring up uh, reflecting on the beach, which when we talk about the beach, I'll bring it up. But, and I kind of bristled at the take because I do think the great Gatsby is a big swing. And I, I personally love that movie actually. And like I said, that's maybe the one right. that you could go out on. And I, I get that. So, so there is something to it, but then when you think of the content, I, I mean, inception is an insane, like, it worked obviously amazingly well, but and it's what an a insane soul play. to work with Christopher Nolan after coming out with The Dark Knight. I mean, that's really taking a chance. I know. I, know. There. I guess what I mean is sometimes the content is risky. I mean, Django and Chain. He's playing like a right. No, no. And I, I mean, you know, but but it's also Tarantino. I know. You know, I Tarantino know. So, playing a what? Dan? Yeah, like, why can't you say it? Why can't you just yeah. say the word? Dan? I. <laughs> Quit. No, I'm kidding. He's um, playing the president of the United States of America. Oh, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. yeah. And pl- like low key too, yeah. really comparatively. Um, so, wow. Now, anyway. Awesome. Um, so, but, Leo. But that's, and the other thing that I, I, sorry, I just knocked the. Oh, you're fine. The other thing that I think is interesting too, and because I was mentioning that he, you know, quit relying on that body, he, his looks are yeah. a big thing. And I, I always think of Gangs of New York when you get to the scene in which, spoiler alert, Daniel Day-Lewis is going to scar him and he gives this epic speech about, like, you know, women will throw up and children will scream when they look at you. And then the next scene you see him and he's got, like, one scar on his cheek because he's still fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, and that performance. Yeah. You know, we're not going to focus no, no. on Gangs. That was but... a huge hit. So <laughs> That movie, um, that I think is one of his weaker performances, mm-hmm. Leo. I've since rewatched it. 
it's not as bad as I remember. But I have a fondness for the movie overall. Sure, like yeah. I think the I think he's not so bad that he like derails the movie. No, like I can still that's watch Cameron the movie. Diaz. Yes, who boy? Who boy? Bless her. Um, it's not though, her fault. Can I say no, something? Yeah, it's not it's not me and Kelly rewatched in her shoes recently. Oh, I love that, and movie. that movie yeah, yeah. is great. I yeah. love that movie. But uh, yeah, it's literally not Cameron Diaz's fault. No, Gangs in New York. That her character just shouldn't be there. No, like I mean, there's so many other things that could happen in that movie without her character that right. does not need like a love triangle. So now speaking I guess, of things that shouldn't be there. <laughs> what man? Oh, Are we just going to jump in a man in the iron mask? All right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Do you want to do well, Don's Plum so first? I don't know. I guess we should just get it. So this is not technically one of our B-sides, but we have to talk about it. So in 95, 96, Leo DiCaprio and his friends in LA. The Pussy Posse. Got to, well, I guess it was, or it was like pre-Pussy Posse, right? Yeah. Because so- there is a, and I can say I can say this for this. There is a famous or infamous um, article from New York Magazine that came out in 1998, right when the Titanic stuff was still crazy, uh, by Nancy Jo Salas, called "Leo, Prince of the City," which we'll link to in the article, which coins and mentions that Leo and his buddies called themselves the Pussy Posse, <laughs> and. Don's Plum, which is this movie we're talking about, was shot, filmed uh, two or three years before this article came out, before Leo became Leo. Leo obviously was a known entity when they filmed it because he had been in this boy's life. He'd been Oscar nominated for Gilbert Grape. He had been on Growing Pains. Fun fact, when he was coming up, his one of his agents told Leonardo DiCaprio to change his name to Lenny Williams. And he said no, which was smart. So anyway... Definitely, <laughs> definitely read Leo. I'm just Prince like of picturing the City. that on posters, I know. and yeah. I know Lenny Williams. Someone the out there, Tarantino. if you're listening, who's more talented than I, if you want to just tweet at us with just one or two mock-ups of a Leo movie with just <laughs> Lenny, Williams. Lenny Williams on it. Lenny Williams, Lenny Williams is Blood Diamond. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's his character. name in the movie. His name's Blood Diamond. Yeah, that was when on your Jake Gyllenhaal episode when you were talking about Leo and taking big swings, and you're like, "What's a big swing that you don't like?" And he's like, "Jay Edgar." And I was like, oh, you really missed your shot on Blood Diamond. So <laughs> I like I like his performance. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> I'm the one. You're the one. Bling bang. Bling bang, baby. Um, though that movie is, uh, yeah, it's, it's not aged amazingly. <laughs> I watched it on an airplane recently. I was like, huh. Um, but so um, Leo made a movie with his, his buddies, right? And they filmed it at this basically this one hang. He only shot for one night. All of his Did footage, he really, from what I've read, he's in. He's it's in the whole movie. So much of the movie, and and this will get back to kind of what became of this movie. So it's the movie's basically eighty minutes. It's black and white, shot on film. Um, Four credited writers, so it's which obviously all improv is crazy. Yeah. I know that's crazy. Anyway, now okay, they make the movie while they're editing it. Toby McGuire, who's one of his buddies, and Leo. Are, are are stratospheric. I mean, Leo obviously, Leo obviously in a way that, that Toby will never really fully get to. But shocking. But while Leo is booking Titanic and Titanic's getting made, these guys are editing this movie, Don's Plum, this little movie. You know, and you know, getting and there's an article. Um, it's a Vanity Fair article from. Uh, I'm just looking at here. 2016 by Chris Lee. That's called The Making and Epic Unmaking of Don's Plum, which will also include a link in in the article, uh, our article, that basically goes through 
what happened with this movie. So basically, they make the movie. They're cutting the movie. Leo becomes Leo. And they want to run the festivals. They want to get it out there. And Leo and Toby and their representation start a process in which they basically try to make the movie unavailable, unreleasable, legal, you know, yeah. involvements, whatnot, with the other producers, friendships ended, right? Legal fees, careers ruined, right? Read this article, it goes through all this stuff, right? Uh, one of the producers has a website called Freedom Plum. You know, it, so you can find you can find the movie now, but you technically aren't supposed to. And I remember I got a rip of it like when I was in college, and yeah. then I deleted it, and we found you know. So you still can't find it overly easily. Currently, it's on YouTube, but point is, you know, it yeah. will get who shut knows, down. And who knows how long it'll like there. it was on YouTube? For example, he got nominated for the Revenant, and like a link that was on YouTube like went away. Now the movie is about a bunch of 20 year old LA people who want to become actors, you know, uh, fledgling whatever's all chilling out at Don's plum, which is this like terrible diner. They hang out at yeah. every Saturday night. And it's just that it's like young Jenny Lewis, young Amber Benson, young Toby Maguire, young Kevin Connolly, director of Gotti, who could forget E himself, <laughs> Leo, and um, um, my favorite, Heather McComb, star of the TV movie Generation X, where she played mutant Jubilee. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's the oh only time God. Jubilee's been presented in a media where she's not been Asian. Interesting. <laughs> Sorry. That's my little fact for you. That's I'll see myself So that's out. the end of the podcast. Guys, <laughs> thanks for listening. No. And so the movie is um, not very good, is what. I I will say to start the conversation, and the person <laughs> where do we go from there? The person who is the the shittiest, like in oh. terms of morally in the movie, is Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, and he goes on like homophobic tirades. Yeah, Oof. he says really shitty things to women. Yeah, yeah, he's homophobic. He's misogynistic. He's <sighs> borderline racist. Like it's, it's all over. Honestly, the, place. the racism is maybe the only thing that doesn't come out. Yeah, because they're like in well, that's full because they. That, they exist in LA without black people. Right. Sure. No, so exactly. Right, right. And it's, he, he says things in this movie that are some of the worst things I've heard a human being say to another now, human yeah. being in a movie. Like now clearly, it's at least I, I thought clearly, this is not really a defense, but it's just more of an observation. Clearly the movie and those making the movie are and were aware of the, abhorrent like nature of this group mostly I, I do think there is this is meant to be a honest look at these people coming <laughs> Let's put up that in and right now the problem of course is they in trying to do it in trying to do it clear-eyed right in yeah. this way and you know harsh you know, DIY right. film stock, and, you know what I mean? Out of focus, choppy black editing, and black and white. Some sort, there's of, a clerks... some sort of deranged jazz club at the beginning. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a clerksness to it all. Like, you got to remember in the mid-90s, it was a different time. It, it definitely, though, that's one of the things when I right. was watching it is I was like, oh, th like this type of movie is not made anymore. This is such a relic of the 90s right. you literally can't do it, that i mean you, you will not get into a film festival doesn't it right. doesn't it feel like someone in, in this group of people making this movie like saw kids yeah and was like i want to make 
But, well, sure, uh, but I'm only interested in the privileged ones. Right. <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't. But it feels like it feels ones. like it's trying to be that kind. Well, and of if you movie. read, if you read minimal, the minimal notices, because it the movie ended up did the movie did play in foreign European film. Festivals. Yeah, it was not allowed to be released in the right. U.S. or Canada. So it did play in some festivals overseas, and so there were reviews, and in those reviews, some of those reviews, um, they reference kids, right? So yeah, there's a clear kind of parallel there. I just, unfortunately, they're just, the performances aren't very good. Tobey Maguire, and look, Tobey Maguire went on to have a great career. You know, he was a good Spider-Man, in my opinion. He's good in Saturday House Rules, Seabiscuit. He made some good movies. He's, hey, great in Great Gatsby. I think he's a great Nick Carraway, which is Leo and and Tobey. I mean, You brought that up. In I, th- I also want to say in the Jake Gyllenhaal episode, and I like my first thought was like, yeah, actually that is a really good performance. Now he's <laughs> also been not great, and we talked about brothers, of course, in that yeah. episode as well. It's a shame that he's dead now. So that's, <laughs> it's that. Well, he got pawn sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was. Is that um, not where you're going? I with got this? a letter Tell in the mail. I. I got Rest a letter. This is funny. I got a letter in the mail from Edward Zwick because he knew I saw Pawn Sacrifice, and he just wrote me a letter in pen thanking me for being the one who saw Pawn Sacrifice. It was really. I bought a seven hundred thousand dollar ticket. I was the one person. He's gonna thank you again for bringing up Blood Diamond. It's, so it's, it's oh, an, Eddie Zwick, baby. It's an ancient curse. I mean, once you're cut out, and I mean completely cut out of an Ang Lee film, you're dead. That's the right because he's and Tobey Maguire is the uh, journalist. Yeah. In, yes. He, in the he original had, apparently cut. had to wear like a comical like curly right. hair wig or something like that. And then uh Rave Spall and got recast. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like in a very short amount of time. It like yeah. played Toronto and was premiering in like maybe two months and they were just that's like, right. well, reshoot all the scenes. Like, yeah, that's right. My God. Yeah, yeah. yeah Toby. Life of Yeah, Pi, he's kind of he hasn't I think his last credit is he's the adult uh voice of the adult kid in the uh the movie where Alec, Alec Baldwin plays the baby. Boss baby. Boss baby. He's like the voice of the movie where Alec Baldwin plays. How did you forget Boss Baby? I don't know. The movie where the baby is the boss. He's the boss, baby. He's the boss, oh, baby. Man. Alec Baldwin is the boss, baby. So, um, uh, and let me also say, um, oh wait, 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 wait. Hang on. So with Don's Plum, there's one thing I wanted to say that's crazy to me. Okay, Scott Bloom is in the movie. I believe he is the gay guy yeah. who or bisexual or whatever sure, sure. Like, oh, right, whatever right. the movie needs no, no, no. Yeah. No, you're, right. Exactly. No, you're right sorry he's he, just he's the he's he queer says he's for, bisexual. as like he's queer as a punching bag that's he, the he says he's a bisexual and then and then that's where leo goes on a, an ill-advised right right a little bit of a yeah, kind yeah. of a rant he's like why don't you just admit that you're gay right, and it's like right. what is going on now man? here's what let me tell you something that's interesting for all of the hullabaloo of, of the movie doesn't get released. Were and you it about got to buried. say Hoobastank? Hoobaloo? <laughs> For hullabaloo? Hoobastank. Um, is this. Scott Bloom. Has beautiful eyes. Has beautiful eyes. And has written a script about Teddy Roosevelt. Yes. That Scorsese's attached to. That Leo is attached yeah, to. Yeah, to play good old Teddy. So maybe that bridge didn't get burned. When right. I was like looking it up, I was like, well, what's Scott Bloom doing? And I was like, Roosevelt? That Roosevelt? So, hey, maybe it's not all that bad. Now, hang on. Let's talk about the bros. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so they say bro a lot in this movie. You guys. <laughs> um, You're a champion for this. Buddy. He counted. Connor counted I, the bros. I counted the bros. So they say bro in this film like they are breathing. Like they're like, they're, you know, there are breaths. There are filler Especially words. Especially Connelly and DiCaprio. Yeah. They, it is... And it starts with DiCaprio. Yeah, bro. I, it, bro. Bro. Yeah, dude, it's, bro. I was going to say, it's definitely like a bro. mechanism that 
that like gets picked up on by the other actors. No, because well. as no, bro, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even bro, it does. even the women at the table say it, but sometimes it feels like they're making fun of it. So I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this movie knows. Yeah, and bro, then, I think they're making. And fun then of it. totally, bro. But then other times, dude, bro, the it feels like they're just picking it up, bro, because you bro. can't you can't stop it, bro. Once you start so, saying it, bro, dude, it's hard, bro. All right, so no one's listening. So now that no one's listening <laughs> to the podcast, we're gonna stop recording. No. Um. So how many? Bros? How many times do you think? I, oh, how many times was, do you think they said? Okay, so the movie's basically eighty-four minutes. All right, right, like of actual. It, it's eighty-six dialogue. minutes. So I'm just, well, okay, we'll just but, say total runtime eighty within right. the eighty-six. Minutes, I'm gonna guess. How many times do you think they said? I'll let get guys. Price, the guy. Price I'll go is first. right rules. Price is right rules. Uh, okay, you're gonna let me go first. Well, I what's wanna, better for Price is right? I want to say ninety-eight. Then I'm lowballing it. Okay, I was gonna go one twenty. They say the word bro in the 86 minutes of this movie. Come on. 152 times. Dude. Yeah. No, dude. I, okay. So just. 154 times, bro? Somebody smarter than me can check my math on this, right? But that is roughly, on average, approximately, a bro Every 33 seconds. <laughs> now, granted, it doesn't necessarily shake out that way. Sometimes you don't hear it for a minute, and then you're like, maybe they're done. And then <laughs> and then, the next minute, there are maybe 50 of them. Yeah. Who knows? Um, it is... Uh, hoo, hoo, boy. I started watching it. I was talking to you guys. Now, let me just say, because I have it. not said the name of the director. R.D. Robb is the director. Mm-hmm. I, we should just say that. Um, and the producer... You don't think we should have just let him off the hook and, with that one? Yeah, I know. <laughs> one, of the writers cool. and, one of the writers and the producer who started the free Don's Plum website is Dale Wheatley. So anyway, now, Connor, sorry, I interrupted you. What, what what's, your Don, what's your final Don's Plum take? No, I just... It's... it's it, uh, so we did a Matthew McConaughey episode uh, you know, a few months ago. Um, I guess maybe a year ago. Yeah, almost, now. yeah. Um, damn. Uh, I had said that Surfer Dude was the worst movie I'd ever seen with known actors in it, and I, Surfer Dude's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. Compared, like the Don's Plum is officially, certainly maybe not yeah. the worst movie I've ever seen because I, right. I have people that I know personally that have made movies that aren't great. Sure. Like, uh, well, yeah, f- festival movies. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but in terms of movies with known actors, it's certainly maybe the worst. I have movie seen worse seen. movies than Don's Plum. No way. I was thinking about it. Yeah. Really? I've, I've, yeah. I've genuinely, I've also seen worse movies than Don, Don's Plum, but because I do think one, it, intention is a, it. You but like, know what oh, I mean? so, but you're going to go on that the is? Defense, Well, no, 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 like, no. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not really. This is my point. I'm not defending it once again. Not really, but. I, what I mean is, it's more I like have Dan's plum. I, I, I have seen movies where I feel that the intention is nefarious, right? You know, where I actually feel like the movie and what it's trying to do is is actually like reprehensible, like yeah. Jack and Jill. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack and Jill's worth it for the Duncan commercial that got I mean, went viral. I, cu- I cut that out of the drag episode, but that's literally the only part of that movie I've Duncan seen. Don because it makes its round on Twitter. Like, so did you hear the thing where so. I can't remember who tweeted this, and I'm I apologize, but somebody interviewed Pacino, and the publicist said to this person, "Don't you?" Or no, it was an event. It was like a post movie Q and A thing, and they said to this journalist. You can't ask about Jack and Chill. That's the one movie you can't ask really? about. Really? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Anyway, 
go on. Re- real yeah. quick about Don's plum. I just want to get it. Like I, I agree. I've, I've definitely seen worse movies and I've seen worse movies with worse intentions. Um, but I think what makes Don's plum even more reprehensible is the fact that it is trying to be a real movie. It's decided it has character arcs for its characters e, right. that don't work or pay off. You learn stuff about Leonardo DiCaprio that has ends up impacting his character not one bit. You learn stuff about Jenny Lewis, same sort of thing. On top of that, it's just a struggle to get through. It's and not it's a only, fun watch. Yeah, it's it's like only it's yeah. under 90 minutes. It's I've, crazy. Yeah. I've watched movies that are like four hours that I had less time, like less less yeah. problem with getting through. I and I, I I'll just say this. I feel like to that point it's it's maybe almost the reason that I decided to count the bros. Yeah. Because I was just sort of like. Because something to Yeah, do. no, I had an activity. Yeah. Where I was just like, okay. And it was just, it became a fun game where I was like, how high are they going to get? And like, like I, I know Jenny Lewis basically decided to stop acting on her own as like part of her own initiative. It wasn't that she like got forced out of the business or, or blacklisted or anything. But I can't help but think that this was part of it that like pushed her to be like, you know what? Maybe I am just a musician. Yeah, maybe in her not defense, this. she is yeah. the best performance. She's the, in the movie. 100% yeah, Jenny Lewis the best, is the best performance in the movie. All right. So Titanic comes out. He's Leo man about town. Once again, Leo Prince of the city, read the article. It's fascinating, fascinating piece of gossip journalism. He's running around with, Kevin Connolly, Tobey Maguire, David Blaine, young David Blaine. Oh, God. Lucas Haas, right? These these people. And there's a million little, you know, funny and also kind of horrible stories, right? You know, just about Leo being, you know, back then and even whatever. But this is 98. Now, movie he makes that comes out immediately after Titanic, only a few months after Titanic, is The Man in the Iron Mask, which is based on the Alexander Dumas book and it's about the musketeers and leo plays the king the evil king but also who also has an identical twin who when they were born the twin was put in a prison and an iron mask was put on his on his face so that nobody would ever know that he he was the king's identical twin right in this version d'artagnan played by gabriel byrne is still loyal to the king uh, all the people are poor. They are they're starving. The king could give a shit. And the other three musketeers, the actual, the original three musketeers, right? Uh, Athos, Porthos, and Aramis are uh, in all different versions of rebellion, right? Like Aramis is a defunct religious man. Porthos is a drunk, and Athos is John Malkovich. So, <laughs> you know how sometimes out of protest you become John Malkovich. One hundred percent. Well, naturally, yeah. yeah. They made a John Cusack made a whole movie about it. <laughs> and so, John Cusack, you monster! I know, I know, you're referencing the inside of the movie. But so now, Man in the Iron Mask, directed by, written and directed by Randall Wallace, who. I'm going to check on this. Definitely got nominated, but maybe won an Oscar for writing Braveheart. Um, so he's coming off of that only a few years earlier, um, and he makes this movie, and it does pretty well for what it is. I mean, the movie comes out in March of '98, like I said, almost dethrones Titanic in the, and when it comes out, makes 57 million domestic, um, 180 million worldwide. Wasn't though? Uh, sorry to cut you off. Wasn't it shot before Titanic though? I believe it was. Like, but- didn't he shoot it? Yeah, Titanic came out was a giant hit, and then they were well. Like, but regardless, I, I mean, yeah, I thought you that know, was the... but it was running 
you know, yeah. promotionally, yeah. it was, you know, at that moment, every everybody was, uh, you know, all you they liked wanted. one Leo in Titanic. Now get ready for two. Ow, I feel good. Now, <laughs> just Is quickly, what the trailer was like. <laughs> it's quickly. It's been a while since I've seen. Randall it. Wallace <laughs> has directed four movies. This was his first. He directed We Were Soldiers, in which we learn that they were soldiers. Secretariat, in which we learn. <laughs> Moms love that movie. That horse can type 80 words per minute. <laughs> <laughs> is that not what Secretary And about? he also directed the monster hit, Heaven is for Real, about <laughs> oh, about the kid whose oh, last name is Burpo. No. I mean, I did also, I always sometimes wonder, I'm like, is Heaven for Real? <laughs> is heaven, what is Heaven for? Okay, real. he was nominated. Real. He was nominated for writing Braveheart. Ah. Did not win. What a shame. Yeah. Didn't win for writing Braveheart. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Just give it to him because just go watch Outlaw name. King. I like, I love how Outlaw King came out. Nobody cared about it, and it's like, Battle and Brave. I like that. Uh, whatever. Anyway, um, Lawrence Pugh is having a real moment right now, and she is great. That's great. the Chris, Chris Pine one, yeah. yeah. Oh, guy, no, it's good. Yeah, I, you don't like it, right? Did no, you watch it? I, yeah, I did. Watch you didn't it. like it. I did not look. We'll talk about also, it on the Chris Pine. Well, episode, I also, I'll say this also, I would, just I will to guest on the Chris Pine episode to bring it back. I'll talk about some shadow recruits. I, um. The other more contemporary to Braveheart that always bothers me is Rob Roy came out yeah. around that time, and that's so way much better. better. Absolutely, love I, Rob Roy. I'm with you 100 yeah. percent on that. Um, I'm just happy Tim Roth got nominated for that movie because he did. Um, all right, so, um, Man That I Mass does pretty well. Yeah, riding off of the Titanic. Now, I so I rewatched it. I always liked the movie yeah. when I was younger. I still like it. I'm I think a it's sucker for the for the Musketeers. The Musketeers. So, like, I think it's fun. I just don't think. Uh, I'm going to open cold with, I guess I didn't like it as much, uh, yeah. but you and I, Dan, you and I were, yeah, talking, we're talking about Mike yeah. about it. I just, I wanted more out of it. I don't know. Like there, there's two Leos, man. I mean, there are two Leos, which <laughs> the is the best line yeah. read. It was in every trailer back to the prison. You shall go and into the mask you hate. Wear it until you love it. Love that. I, is, I will say that's probably his, be- like his best, bit of performance in the movie cause, totally because his like louis is the is yeah. the evil one is like based on your podcast yeah based on my podcast Coast, it, yeah. it's 100 exactly the same yeah, louis. um it like is bad it's so bad oh sure and then his like, well they do the accent thing which you're going to talk about right connor yeah i just and look we we talk about accents a lot on this show actually yeah, so as we should but it because i this we movie, are a podcast about accents. about accents yeah, obviously so. um the beside. Uh, all right. Well, all right. That that's was, the end. Of the, I think uh, we have to retire. I'll cut that's that one out. <laughs> um, no, but don't you cut anything out. We're keeping it all. <laughs> raw, in. Keep it. This raw. is a perfect show. All right. Anyway, um, no, but it's sort of, sorry, and we talk, we've talked a lot about like the Valkyrie thing and how you know, I, I Kevin can kind of, checking his watch. I can kind of. Connor is calling his wife. <laughs> um, no, she texted me. She was like, wedding's off. Where are you? But yeah. She heard what I just said. She yeah. was like, terrible joke, wedding's off. Um, the, no, the, like with something like Valkyrie, right, where they almost, they commit to like the 1960 aesthetic of like, let's just make the, all the Nazis British, right? And like Tom Cruise doesn't try a British accent though, right? Like he just kind of is Tom Cruise and they do the device of changing the language to commit to it. I can appreciate that because I can appreciate just the idea that, like, look, two hours of Tom Cruise trying to do a German accent is going to be a fucking abomination. So, like, let's spare everybody. So I can certainly appreciate that. 
the difference is I feel like with this movie, some of them half commit to it. And you yeah. have like Depardieu right in the middle of it, right? So he's just like almost French. sticks out like yeah, a yeah. Yeah, sticks out like a sore thumb almost. I mean, I'll tell you this, Depardieu's not committing to anything. No, 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 no. But you know what I mean? Like it's so it's it's that it feels like such a hodgepodge of like different dudes trying to it's like not one of them had a meeting of like what should we sound like? Like right. Jeremy Irons was like Fuck you! I'm sexy as fuck. I'm gonna be Jeremy Irons. Yeah, I'm gonna sound think, like Jeremy but Irons. I, so I hear you, but I think it's saved because they're all just good performers. It's kind sure, of like sure, because like Malkovich is just Chicago oh, yeah. Malkovich. Yeah, exactly. like you're just like yeah. you know, he, literally just does the the Malkovich thing. Yeah, like, yeah. He's like, and so I it never really bothers me. And the like, scene where he says he bleeped me, paid <laughs> that, that man his money is weird. Same year, '98. Weird year. So. Gabriel Byrne, this is one of those performances, not in like Miller's Crossing, where you do watch it and go, or at least I go, he, he should have become a huge star. Yeah, yeah is but, he maybe one of like our most underrated actors? I don't know. Yeah, but did you see Commandments? <laughs> I have not seen Commandments. What is Commandments? It's, it's fine. We're good. We're good. That I will let you look it up on your own time. Okay. There's. Well, now I'm excited. I I never really watched Dawson's Creek as as like a a. I just as a young man, as a young my man. sister watched it a lot, and there's a great there's an episode because it was created by Kevin Williamson where they do a right. Halloween episode where it's Scream, and somebody calls Michelle Williams, and they're like, "What's your favorite scary movie?" And she's like, "Have you ever seen Commandments?" And so like, I just always think of that joke. Commandments is a movie where he like he gets like his wife dies or something. It's been a long time since I've seen it, and he gets mad at God, so he decides he's going to break all ten commandments, and it's like him and Courtney Cox yeah. and like, what? yeah, yeah, and it's it's real real. Man. My God. We think, talked about Byrne yeah. when we did Arnie, the Arnie Schwarzenegger B-sides, because he's in He's the Devil in the End of Days. Yes. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I actually think it's a great, pretty good performance, actually. Um, but anyway, him and him is D'Artagnan. Yeah. Lovely. Look, I just if you're going to pick somebody to play older Chris O'Donnell, now, I just don't know <laughs> if he's your guy. This will be our first cut-in of this perfect podcast. We, at this moment, should put in the theme to The Man in the Iron Mask, which yeah. I fucking love. listener loved it too now that you've just listened to it and and this is i don't know what it is about this movie because i i don't particularly think leo is giving a very good performance i think everybody else is giving a pretty solid fine performance but i i do really like this and maybe it's because i saw it in the theater yeah me too like i I saw it in a really awkward like i was a fifth wheel on two two like there was friends of mine in high school that were dating each other and like to make matters worse i super had a crush on one of the guys that was in but anyways but the yeah, I just there's something fun about it, and I I love the costumes, and I love yeah, that sort I agree. Grandiosity. It's very well produced. It's I mean, very that, well that scene, I love the ending. Yeah, that scene where all four of them draw their swords mm. in the hallway, and they go you know, on, go on. It's yeah. I you know what it is though. I but I do think Leo's bad. I, I mean. yeah, I think it's a what I mean. Yeah, it's it's a weak yeah. dual performance. I need yeah. I needed more like if you're gonna make sort of a more swashbuckly version of it. 
I needed more swashbuckling. Yeah. I, I needed them you know to what buckle you needed? some swash. You needed the musketeer. Now, here's yeah. the thing. No, no, no. Here's the thing. <laughs> Starring that, what's his name? That Justin, movie, that movie is terrible. Directed by Peter Hines. Uh, yeah, that movie's, good director. that movie's not good. I remember seeing that movie. Is it Mina Savari? But I can appreciate the impetus of that movie, and it is, yes, yeah. Mina Savari. I can appreciate the impetus of that movie of, like, can we just, like, put the sword fight back in sword fighting yeah. movies a little bit? Like, and, you know, it jazzed him up, like, too much, right? Obviously, it, like, did, like, wire food yeah, type it was shit. Like, it was way over the top. It was like, what if the Musketeer, but to, also the Matrix. Yeah. And that was the time. So <laughs> not, that was, like, every I movie was, quite, like, what if also the Matrix. I don't quite need that, but I think what you get when you do the best of both worlds is you get a movie, like, Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. Right. Which is like right, just right, fun. Right, right, right. Really yeah. nice. I also, I'll be and, honest, you guys might And that's eyes. what I want when I watch this movie and it's not quite there. You probably know what I'm going to say, Gavin. You're looking at me like you do. I kind of enjoyed the Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh, I didn't see it. But I it, was Tar- it was on Tarantino's oh, right. top 10 it was, list it was, of the years. It it's out, fun. So. I mean, it's not very good necessarily, but like Orlando Bloom's the villain. Yeah. He's going crazy and Mila Jovovich is- I was going to say Mila You know, it's fun yeah. and it's like Logan Lerman is D'Artagnan. They make him young, which, you know. I, I will say, and sorry, just real quick, because uh, I know you probably want to move on from Man of the Iron Mask, but talking about- Watch it yeah. until you love it. <laughs> well, talking about <laughs> Leo's performance- if you focus on anything, focus on the scene in which the mask is taken off for the first time and he looks all haggard and he's got hair all over his face. I would, but, I'm but, so glad you brought this up. But his reaction is like acting school, one, like an acting like, like now just imagine you've been in an iron mask your entire life. And he pulled up, what is your reaction? And his like, ah, ah, like touching his face. <laughs> and it, it's one of the worst performance. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, I, Leo, I really Leo can't. has known it, no pain in his life. <laughs> no, I can't and, argue and it's, that. It's so, I mean, bro, he's in the posse. It's also yeah. the way, and uh, look, I mean, I don't Can know. Can I just tell you my favorite note of sure. all my notes on this? Burning irons, hot in this. And I <laughs> capsed hot. Burning irons, hot in this. They are. Irons especially, very hot. What did I just say before? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> telling he you. He showed up to play. He was like, I'm Jeremy Irons. I'm sexy as fuck. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, he's uh, the MVP. Anyway, sorry, yeah. you were no. He he is the MVP of the movie. He's great. I think you were um, saying about the unmasking. No, but the unmasking scene, the unironed masking. Um, <laughs> he, you know, they do the thing with the hair, and I guess it's kind of effective because, like, like you know, when Br- Brittany was watching this with me, and she said, like, you know, that must be terrible. Yeah, like your hair just gr- and you can't itch it, and you can't, you know, right. that just must be horrible. I kind of went the other way with it. I was like, I feel like he should look way worse. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, oh, wow. I, like, I, I, I his think the, beard should be fucking, like, full. Like, it's I, like you've lived your entire life. I will admit for a Hollywood film, I think the look is effective, but I 100% agree. I mean, I was even thinking, like, the like there would be, like, the, ingrown yeah. hairs. Yeah, and, like, right. Yeah. No, the, he would be grotesque. Yeah. Yeah. The design like, of the mask, I think, is good. Yeah. Like, you know, of the actual Iron Mask. Yeah. Um, maybe the best line ever written of any movie is said in this movie, which is I wear the mask. It does not wear me. Yeah. Which I mean, that's very Keanu just of him <laughs> about all of us. Um, Keanu, all right. what happens when we put on an iron mask? Look, the real, <laughs> I know iron that those who the wear the mask we wearing love, love us <laughs> all along. Um, all right. So moving right along. Thank you. Randall Wallace for that movie. Kind of um, in betwixt these, the next one, he does make celebrity. Which is the Woody Allen movie? He has yeah. a cameo. Um, it's it's like an extended cameo. Yeah, he plays Brandon like, Darrow. He's like a, he is a version of himself. Yeah, I think it's um, the closest you get to him playing this Don's sure. Plum character. Yeah, no, yeah, movie. no, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hate celebrity. Oh, now, it's bad. Now look, Woody Allen, bad. 
obviously we won't get into it, but he complicated complicated figure, obviously uh not yeah. In on a personal level, you it, know. It uh, was crazy to me, and I mean this as no joke that because I think Deconstructing Harry was also around the same yeah, time. Yeah, it was a year before. And like they are essentially the same movie, but one is like the much more comedic. I was movie. gonna say just de- deconstructing Harry, I yeah. think it's a bit better. So anyway, all I was gonna say is Woody Allen and we I've said this before. as someone who makes film, produces whatever very influential i as a filmmaker woody allen and a lot of his movies mean a lot to me just technically and what he's been able to do now that being said right take out any personal whatever celebrity has always been low on that list for me because of the kenneth Branagh performance i mean he's it's you know and i like kenneth Branagh, right i mean i really do you know i love his hamlet and whatnot yeah um love dead again this is he's just trying to do Woody, and I think we've yeah. talked about it's not the night in the nineties for and once again I feel I yeah I always feel weird talking about Woody Allen because I feel like you have to do like you have to qualify seven, seventy thousand caveats yeah, yeah, like yeah. but the nineties for Woody Allen films is rife with actors trying to do Woody Allen and it's yeah. almost like you you sort of have to grade them on how well they're doing it's like oh John Cusack and Bullets Over Broadway is doing an okay Woody Allen yeah Letting, he's like you know, putting like, his own spin on right. it but where, the, Kenneth yeah. Branagh is just well Branagh should have just played right like play yourself. Right, like right. do do what Owen Wilson ultimately does, right? Where it's like, okay, like say the lines, yeah, but just you know, you know what works for you, right? You know, just be Owen Wilson, right? Like yeah. you know, if, kind of the accent thing again, you know. I mean, I get it. Actors want to, I understand they want to expand and they want to play and they want to explore, yeah. of course. But in this case, it doesn't really. Anyway, so that's celebrity. Not a big hit even at the time. It kind of comes and goes. Um, you know, makes five million. So even back then, uh, you know. So the beach, February two thousand. I remember the beach being the big like this is the next one, right? Yeah. Probably because Man and Iron Mask got made before, even though it came out after. And I remember him choosing the beach was a big deal because you know Titanic came out in ninety seven. He has two movies in between, but they're small. You know, Man and Iron Mask made before, not a small movie, but Celebrity is basically an extended cameo. And so the beach was like the first big Leo is the star after Titanic movie that came out. So As I remember I the coverage. Watching Dan explain what? Oh, it's, it's not where my voiceover comes in. <laughs> oh, uh, like just hours and hours of voiceover. voiceover to like, is, is yeah. not, it reminded me of the uh, of, of the Harrison Ford Blade Runner voiceover. Yeah. Yes. No, where, it's a thousand percent like. Yeah. And it feels very like he didn't want to do it. And it was just totally conjecture, but I, yeah. in terms of, you know, he's like he's like, you know, the line. The line for me. Now, let me say, actually, I enjoy this movie quite a bit. But the line, the the VO line read for me that stuck out the worst, and maybe we can find it and put it in after I I say it is. He goes, "Out of sight, truly was out of mind." It would be a lot easier to condemn our behavior if it hadn't been so effective. But out of sight, really was out of mind. Once he was gone, we felt a whole lot better. On the beach. It's easy to turn your back, but not always so easy to forget. Like you're like, that's how you, dude. That's how you no, read it. Like you're talking about a guy dying of a shark bite, and the VO is like, it's like uh, you know Charlie Sheen from Platoon. You know, he's like, right. he's like uh-huh. was really. I guarantee uh-huh. you that that's what he was like. Maybe trying trying to for. Do. I don't know. I because like there is obvi- there is like an apocalypse now. Yeah. Uh, oh, Heart of Darkness thing going on. Yeah, obviously with this movie. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, big, quick, quick Danny, thing. Danny Boyle's Apocalypse Now. Just picture it for a moment in your brain. <laughs> it's a guess. I think I was reading the trivia. I think it's like his favorite movie. Or, wow. or reportedly. Really? Danny yeah. Boyle? Wow, According wow. to like IMDb trivia. Now, I, you know. another semi, maybe not true thing, but you can find it. Allegedly, um, in, at, a, at an event in Philly, I believe, a few years ago, somebody asked him about the beach, Danny Boyle. And he allegedly said that he... Wasn't a big fan of the movie, and he realized while he was making it, he didn't like any of the characters. Wow. Which I think is interesting, because the movie feels like that. Now, I loved the Alex Garland book. Right. I like Alex Garland as a writer. I love Sunshine. I love his book, Coma. So when I I saw the movie first, I read the book, I rewatched the movie, and I didn't like the movie because I liked the book so much. In... In time, I have an appreciation for the movie. Now, quickly, this was Danny Boyle's first big Hollywood movie. Right. He had made Shallow Grave. He had made Trainspotting. He had made A Life Less Ordinary. Ewan was his guy. Ewan McGregor was his guy. I was gonna he ask. was attached. Yeah. Okay. He was attached. And this, what happened here is not, there's not a solid right. one source that confirms this. I was going to say. But it's, it's kind it's of like a, bit. a Hollywood yeah. fact, whatever that means. Apparently, what happened was Ewan was attached. But Leo wanted to make it, and it was like his going to be the big movie after Titanic. And so the studio, which I believe is Fox, um, basically said to Danny Boyle, "If you cast Leo, we're going to expedite, we're going right. to ex- expand make, your budget significantly, and make the character American, which I think is also an interesting, because he's British in the book, because yeah. Alex Garland's British, and the and but real quickly, and Boyle did it. Boyle said yes, obviously, yeah." And Ewan McGregor and him had a huge falling out. And I, I think only got back together in terms of actually being friends when yeah. they made T2. Yeah. Yeah. And the the interesting sort of other half to that, or B-side, if you Go will, um, is so DiCaprio reportedly like requested, or his people did, or whatever it is, uh, $20 million right. for the movie. Because of the success, yeah, of and that was reported. Yeah. So he was in between, meaning like choosing between this movie and American Psycho, um, right? Where he was going to play Patrick Bateman, right? He he would have worked with a woman director if he'd his done that. salary yeah. his salary was too high. American Psycho no, said no, thank you. Right, and Mary and Mary, yeah. I will say Mary Heron though her which, her side of that she story says is that he was always too young too right she and, she, and she didn't he was want him too boyish which so i bet some version of sure. all these things are right. true right I, um, I do think it's interesting that it's the it's the movie that broke up the friendship of Ewan McGregor and and Danny Boyle, but somehow it's the movie that like even though it's considered a bad adaptation, created the friendship of Alex Garland and, and Danny Boyle. And Danny Boyle. Yeah. yeah, isn't it weird? <laughs> like, yeah. That's weird. a very yeah. strange, it's very thing. weird. The, yeah, because Garland went on to write Twenty Eight Days Later and yeah, Sunshine and, and Sunshine. Yeah. yeah, but basically, even though Garland doesn't like Sunshine mm-hmm. because the third act is not his, like it's like the third act was yeah. butchered by yeah. allegedly. According to and Garland, there is a butcher by um by um by Boyle. Um, real quick, so released by Fox, budget of fifty million, worldwide made one hundred and forty four. So at the time, and I remember this, people were like, "What a bomb, Leo! Not yeah. the star we thought he was." Okay, this movie made one hundred forty four million dollars yeah. worldwide. This movie, this is a movie where he is first of all a piece of shit character, like yeah. Not and a not a redemptive bone in his body, and never and never learns 
a lesson right. either. That's the and biggest. And the ending of this movie yeah. is a crime. Yeah. Yeah. Is a like where the ending is literally like, but we had fun, right? So yeah. <laughs> quickly, just real quick for those of you who don't know the beach, basically, uh, what's his last name? Richard. It's Richard. Uh, they say it. I, I think I want to say Richard Parker, but that's the name of the. I think they say it once. <laughs> um. Anyway, he's also Peter Parker. Plays dad, a, yeah, right? just young white American right, in Thailand, uh, Bangkok. basically trying to get his kicks in in Bangkok, and uh, and essentially comes across uh, through you know uh, happenstance meets uh, Robert, Robert Carlyle. Daffy. I love yeah. the performance. I love that. Yeah, yeah he's, I like he's the very performance good. a lot too. Robert Carlyle. Uh, who you know winds up killing himself, leaves Leo a map to this secluded beach, right. uh, and Leo, like a hand drawn map. Yeah, and Leo basically to uh, to fellow travelers that are staying in his hostel, he convinces them to go with him, and they go, and then you know they find this commune, and you know Lord of the Flies esque right. shenanigans yeah. kind of, and he he like right. systematically destroys the commune, right? Yeah. Exactly, and fucks his new friends girlfriend yes yeah absolutely. yeah it's which okay which and, you get the idea he's kind of always planning to oh sure do. Yeah. yeah sure sure sure. so it's not i feel like the what's weird about this movie is that i going through like the first like 20 or 30 minutes and we made the joke about the terrible voiceover first off it's punctuated by like fits and spurts of re of voiceover that feels after the fact yeah because well band-aided yeah because danny boyle's not a bad filmmaker so it's like i was i and I told you this as I was watching it, like I kept muting Leo in my head yeah, and trying to see, and like, you can literally, I want to like, I want access to the audio splits for that movie. So I can just like sure. take the VO out and just let the movie play because it works fine. Like, you know, what's happening. Yeah. It's totally cool. Well, I mean, cool. it is, it is like a Blade Runner thing. Yeah. Yeah. Where you go, like it was a nervous studio. It must've been. Yeah. Now I will say, I don't think we'll link to this cause it's, it's just kind of a hit piece to some degree. But the Elvis Mitchell New York Times review is yeah, particularly yeah. mean. Um, kind of in a way, and this is so interesting. One of the most interesting things of doing this podcast is going back and like reading these reviews. I mean, this shit's just like unfair. Like, like his the judgment that came from him just being the guy from Titanic, yeah, is like just untenable. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I'll, I'll read you. Like, he so he goes, he. <laughs> You know what? I'm not gonna read it because it's just I don't I don't I don't want I don't want to give I don't want to give it the I don't yeah. want to give it the airtime. But I get that it's just the type of thing where you go, why are you? Why are we still thinking about like right. this is another piece of art, right? right. Give the guy credit because I will say this: I, I enjoy the movie mostly, and I do, I do I do think he is giving a actually pretty interesting performance in the movie. And this is where I was going to mention Joe Reed, who we mentioned earlier. He wrote a piece a few years ago, which we will link to, which basically relitigates the beach. And he says in that piece, how it might be the last time Leo took a chance, Yeah, which I don't necessarily agree with. We talked about earlier, but is a good take in as much as this is a very unlikable, very in parts, complex performance in which he's kind of, playing with different things and it's a shame the studio probably got gun shy because i wonder if there's more interesting things going on which if you read the book i mean there's more elements at play tilda swinton is in it as well 
I always, I always feel like that's in the a weird left. performance. Oh yeah, and I like and I like she's so great. Much. Yeah, but still, um, and and that's the other thing is I do wonder like what her career would have been because she I mean she'd been on the rise anyways, and yeah. I don't want to say like this was her breakout, but this certainly helped. Big role, right? Yeah, it's a huge role. Um, I I do feel like that's always the last recourse of a book adaptation when they're when they get nervous is like add, you know, like tons of voiceover narrative and it's just it's always very frustrating because i I mean there's very good movies that could easily i mean and and this is a completely different thing but like last year the movie the hate you give came out and like that movie i think is a really fantastic movie that is hindered solely by it's like obsession with this voiceover that just continues interesting throughout yeah now i will say a couple things about the beach one of my favorite needle drops when porcelain by moby plays when they actually get to the beach i love it I think that's great filmmaking. Um, when it becomes the video game, when he loses his mind in the jungle, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, well, influenced it's... apparently by, by Banjo Kazooie. Which <laughs> here's the thing: I don't want to get video game nerd on people. That sequence looks nothing like Banjo Kazooie. No. I was just very like, I was like, I've played motherfucker, I've played Banjo Kazooie, and that's that's a quote. Like yeah, Danny yeah. Boyle. That's not yeah. like we're not like that's actually he. This was is quoted a, that's also that. one of those things I love to think about is like. Did Danny Boyle crush Banjo Kazooie? Yeah, on, sure. on Nintendo sure 64. Did. Like, did he just? He, I, he was actually late to the set because he was just busy yeah. playing that's Banjo like, Kazooie. After he realized yeah, he hated yeah, not, the characters, not, he was not, like, no, not no, to no, John, John Hodge, it's, just it do a, it. It's yeah. a it's a Kerry Fukunaga situation. Oh right my there. god, that, that, I was that, drunk. Yeah, that, yeah, that, exactly. That's, I'm playing PlayStation. Whatever, guys. Fuck you, Danny. That scene in True Detective season two is insane. Where it's literally just Kerry Fukunaga. Oh, the director, and he's just like, I drink a lot. I'm a bad director. You're just like Nick Pizzolatto. Jesus. Yeah. Christ. Walk it back. Just put a, a little, little bit of a sheen on it. Holy yeah. fucking God. Yeah. Now, anyway, last thing I'll say Thailand hates this movie. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things in it. They also fucking ruined the fucking well, they, ecology they, they, of I, the I, beach. I, I, they did. I will say the, the way that movie was made and the script itself, I don't think those two things would be done oh, nowadays. No, I no think way. Obviously, no the, way. there would have been a lot more protections on where they shot. And also, like, I mean, even just little things like putting a Buddha in a bar. That like, was huge. That was not a little huge. thing to no, Thailand. No, I was yeah. going to say, that's part of the reason why it's banned in Thailand. Like, dumb. You can't do that. So dumb, yeah. guys. And, like, isn't it just the irony of now Leo being, like, one of the most, like, you know, prominent celebrity right. environmental activists. Right. <laughs> like, right. Right. Because he destroyed a beach. Yeah. Well, and so they did, they like re, they, they made it better, but in making it better, changed the, as I understand it, the ecology of the beach, which is interesting. Now, that beach is no longer available to tourists, be, partly because of the movie. It was a very popular tourist destination, and you can no longer go there for ecological reasons. As well, of last year. As of last year. See, now, y- you have to get a map. Yeah, and exactly. You have to get oh, on a boat. They don't allow swim. new people, but yeah. oh, every couple of years they allow right. new people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it took me about half an hour to make that jump. I like that guy, the guy who's like the second. In, he's like the cool guy in the yeah. island. Uh, you play a lot of video games, man. I love cricket, son. Uh, anyway, I do actually that moment. I chuckled at where he's like trying to teach them all cricket, and like yeah. all of them are like, "This I mean, is." There's- there's a lot of good parts. There's a lot of good sequences and a lot of like I, interesting filmmaking. The part where Leo kills the shark is shot, I think it's such an interesting very way. Cool, but I, very cool. I'll say this. It's got a 6.6 on IMDb, and not that that necessarily means anything, but it does feel accurate because I do feel like this is like 60% of yeah. an interesting movie. Totally. Yeah. Right? Like, so Beach comes out, underwhelms. Now, it takes him a couple more years, but then he becomes Leo post-Titanic, which is... Yeah. 
Works with Scorsese, Gangs of New York. Underperforms, but it gets Oscar nominations. Yeah. Catch Critical Me If You Can success. basically came, comes out within days of each other. Uh, huge hit and, um, I think, amazing. I think it's maybe my favorite Leo performance. And it's right yeah. up there. Um, Barry now, Allen. right after that, only two years later, his second Scorsese. You would. <laughs> you which, would love the Barry Allen reference. Oh, I love the Barry Allen. Yeah, that scene Fucking is nerd. That, yeah, that scene is up my alley. Comic yeah. books. He reads. What's so funny is now, if that was like a clue, you, it would not narrow it down at all. You guys just want right. to say fuck it and just right. talk about Catch Me If You Can. I love <laughs> Catch Me. Episode. My favorite thing about Catch Me If You Can is when they were prepping it. Um, Spielberg told Lubezki he wanted a movie that looked like dessert. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's and great. it does. I mean, beautiful. Also, also like like, sherbet colors and stuff. In, in my opinion, also maybe my favorite contemporary Steven Spielberg movie, even though it's basically not right contemporary anymore yeah, because right we're old. But you know that, that yeah. whatever the DreamWorks period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my favorite Scorsese movie and my favorite Leo performance is the next one, which is The Aviator. I've talked about it before on the I show. Love the I love The Aviator. I've seen it probably forty times. I think it's a brilliant movie, a masterpiece. Um, we'll seek it out if you have not seen it. Two more years go by. He works with Scorsese for the third time. Makes The Departed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good movie. We don't need to talk about it. Uh, that I will say. I'm just going to do a quick. So, you know. You want to chop me up and feed me the poor? One of one of the worst Boston accents. Eh, is it one of the worst? I know worst. we talked about. I we talked about 13 we, days. No, no, no. no I know podcast, we talked about. By the, Kevin Costner. The, the, the Costner is like infamously among, among Bostonians. You, people, you're pulling a Costner, right? Like. Yeah. I mean, we're uh, all we're me. Yeah, and we're, doing we're, all doing right we're all doing it. We're all doing it. Gavin but, is biting his yeah, nails, I'm not, wanting yeah. to leave. I'm like, Gavin's like, I like my number like eight doors spot, to yeah, my right. Right. Yeah, exactly. film podcast list. Um, <laughs> guys, I'm over this. <laughs> but um, <laughs> mixed reviews more like the negative reviews. Here we are. We didn't even litigate Black Hat. I totally let you off scot free. You on did. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, I do think Leo's Boston accent. He because tr- I think he tries to do the thing where he's not smart enough to just not do it. Yeah, but he doesn't try. He's in. He's very like self conscious about it. Yeah. So he goes like halfway, which I think can work for some actors, but I just think in this movie. Uh, but he had such a great example in Alec Baldwin's Boston accent. <laughs> I do like. I mean, I, I, like I have Alec come ar- and I have come around on the movie. I think this is kind of one of those movies that, like, like the bro culture seeps in, and yeah, like yeah. you're like, I don't. Okay, I'm over it. But like, I if this movie's on and I like listen to it or you know watch it for like a solid twenty minutes or something, I'm like, eh, it's funny. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I like I like the Departed, but uh, yeah. Sorry, go on. Same year, Blood Diamond, mm-hmm. which we talked about. Ed Zwick. He gets nominated for it now. Yeah. I like his performance. And you know, another accent scenario, he has a as a Rhodesian accent. Um I guess this is a movie and a performance that gets lambasted now, but I don't know. I mean, the, and I've always said this about Blood Diamond, actually. The part of the movie that's about the adventure of a diamond smuggler who meets a father who knows where a big diamond is and they're it's a race against time to get back to the diamond. I think is is actually really exciting and fun. Unfortunately, of course, there's another 40 minutes that's like posturing politics, right? right? Which, okay, so that's the problem with the movie. It's too long and whatnot. It has all these kind of very like pseudo-liberal bullshitty things. That's like a very Zawick thing. Those types of movies aren't made quite that way anymore. I feel like this does represent a type of movie that would get nominated for an Oscar in 06 and would not get nominated now. 
So fine. I mean, in a world where Green Book wins Best Picture. Yeah, as I said it, yeah. I, 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 it's I, like I heard it's it. It's like you yeah, forgot. I know. I apologize. <laughs> um, so 07, The 11th Hour comes out, which is his first environmental documentary. Um, has not aged great, but... You know, it's the beginning of him doing doing his I've thing. I've never that he seen does. it, so I don't. I'm curious to see like what does he does he like club a seal? In he's it, like it's he... like he. Well, I just well he sits I in a diner like... across from a seal, and he's like, I'll punch yeah. you in the face. <laughs> he's like, I destroyed your beach. So it's just like what I mean is basically when you make these documentaries, I feel like you want to have the the most available yeah, camera yeah. technology, and it's just 07 to 2019. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. much has changed. You know, it's not the movie's fault. Yeah. Body of Lies is our third one, and that's 08. Made very quickly. He yeah. jumped on last minute. They filmed it, I think, early that same year. Classic Ridley Scott thing. He The turnaround was very quick. No? No, 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 no. I think you're right. I was just, you see, so you mentioned he jumped on last minute, and I caught that too. I was trying to look around. Just because I remember it, it was it, like a movie that didn't exist, and then it was coming out. No, right. But yeah. I, so it kind of happened because he jumped on, I think. Yes. Uh, which is interesting. I was just curious. I wasn't sure if there was like somebody else. I don't was yeah, already a part I, of it. I don't think then... so because it was a book um, by I think David Ignatius, and then, it, but it all happened. It was one of these things that, like it was so rare in Hollywood where it was like it was optioned, but not that rare for Ridley Scott, right? Where it was optioned, he got Russell Crowe, he got you know, and then they were like filming. Right? When you know? when you sent me the list of the movies we were going to be covering, I was like, oh, so Body of Lies is the only one I haven't seen, so I guess I'll. And I started watching Body of Lies, and I was like, oh no, I've seen this movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so, it is. It yeah. is. So I also I told people we were doing this episode and when they asked what the movies were. I said Body of Lies, and they were like, which one? And I'm like, exactly. Exactly. Like, I. Yeah. So and, and, and that's, right. it's barely a joke. Like yeah. I genuinely. No, it yeah. A, yeah. It's now. I so I no look I'll be honest so we've talked about um, man in the iron mask we've talked about the beach we've talked about we're at body blast I actually to be honest I actually like all four of these movies basically I do I mean I don't love any of them I know I know I know now Gavin's looking at me like um, we're not friends anymore yeah. are we not friends anymore okay <laughs> yeah and I love how now as I say this my black hat anger it's really in, coming to perspective for me really as much as it probably is for you <laughs> so. What I like about Body of Lies, aside from all the brown face and the or the brown face, is that whitewashing? We call it whitewashing because you have like Mark Strong playing an arrow, right? right. Yeah, they're like Oscar three, Isaac they're playing like an arrow, three yeah. different layers. This, of was this one of Oscar Isaac's first? I, like, it, I believe larger it was. Roles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was. he's in it at the beginning there, and a good little performance. Um, yeah, it's fine. Was what I do like about the movie is it is trying to get to the heart of the hypocrisy. And the intertwined needlessness and no sidesness of war in the 21st century, right? right? Where it's what this movie is driving towards in a thriller capacity, right? And a lot of people would say maybe not that thrilling, of course, which is one of the criticisms of the movie, is that the bad guys and the good guys are on the same side, literally. Like that is what the movie is getting you to. Spoilers. Well, <laughs> but but that the movie hits those beats throughout, and then at the end puts a period at the end of a sentence. And so I do like that. I like the idea of that. Unfortunately, I think for a lot of people, it, it's, it doesn't have enough um, of, a, a, it doesn't have enough thriller in the thriller. Yeah, right. I agree. So I think you have all of the talking points, which not with not enough actual grabbing scenes, if, right? If this movie, and this is a complete hypothetical, if this movie had been a Tony Scott film, sure. would you have gotten so much better action, but less 
of the perhaps of perhaps. the deeper yeah. elements. I, here's the thing. Okay, I thought you were gonna say a different thing because I thought something kind of similar when I was watching it. I will say the thing. I, I think Leo is fine in this movie. He and the reason I ask if there was somebody else is that like I he I think he is a little miscast. Um, he, he does a fine job. It's not. It's got I mean, a yeah. slight southern accent. Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. know. He does a fine job. I just I don't know if I don't know. There's probably somebody who could have done it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's a completely passable performance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do actually really like Russell Crowe in this movie. Yeah. And Agreed. I think his stuff is the best stuff in the movie because it feels the most inspired. Like, just the notion of, like, I I found myself cackling at, like, not maybe not cackling, but, like, <laughs> just, you know, smirking at, like, the moments of Leo's, like, in the shit and Crow's on the other phone, or on the other end of the phone, which is how most of their conversations yeah. in this movie take place. And Crow's like putting his kids to bed or like picking his kids up from school or like what, you know, he, he, he has the one conversation where he, they have in person. Then he's like, I got to get back home. Cause I got to take the kids to the Lion King. Don't have kids. Like it's, I, that's, I love that, that stuff. I love, don't have kids. I, Ferris, don't have kids. Yeah. That stuff I really enjoyed and I thought was really good. And the reason I thought about the Tony Scott thing is I, I didn't really remember this movie and rewatching it. I was like, Oh, does Ridley Scott kind of like try his hand at a spy game? Where it's yeah. like, what if there's this yeah. whole other it's thing going it, on that you don't? I mean, really Spy see? Game is way, but so is much, amazing. I mean, I spy, game, spy Game. I mean, yeah. we don't have he, yeah, love. Spy hilariously, game. I rewatched Spy Game for our Robert Redford episode because I love that movie, and then I never brought it up. And I have, I like, no, it's a, it, it, I kill myself for that because great. I love that. Movie. And that's a movie, and you'll appreciate this as an yeah. editor, Gavin. That's a movie I remember Ebert criticized the pacing no. of the editing. And yeah. he's and I love Ebert. God bless. Yeah. R.I.P. But fuck him for that. So wrong. Oh, 100%. Like, wrong in a way that is like take the film critic card away from him for like yeah. five days. It's like, what are you talking about? I mean, it's an fa- art form. It's like the editors that, that, should that, marvel at that. That helicopter shot for just a fucking dialogue sequence oh, and just yeah. the cuts that occurred. During, like, we yeah. talked about that which, on Brad Pitt. Yeah, which like, nowadays you could easily do with drones, but still. like, that's, But not the know, same as a helicopter. Not the same it's not. Helicopter. We work yeah. with drones all the time. That's true. Drones are great. It's not the same as a helicopter. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, but no, 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 but but I that's kind of what I thought this movie was doing was like Ridley trying his hand at a spy game ish type thing. And it sort of is that. But like, yeah. it's not as cool as spy game in the sense of spy game goes all in with it, where it's like Redford is just in the building and it's just, you know, like that. Right. You know, like, well, it's also so you're watching like more the, topical. Right. right? And that's well, that's I mean, that's yeah. the an R.I.P. Tony Scott. But Tony Scott to me has always been. The like he's the cool dad, and Ridley Scott's right. like the sure. dad with no, the rules. Ridley Scott is like, your dad. Tony true. Scott is your uncle. Yeah, your cool like, uncle. Yeah. Cool exactly. uncle like, Tony. That's, yeah. cool. like, that's what and, it is. And so like that's uh, like uh, the two times I've now seen Body of Lies. The first time I ran it and watch rewatching it for this, the whole time I just kept thinking like I just wish this was a Tony Scott I agree. film. But the, yeah, I hard to hard to argue. But with the that. bummer is because I I totally agree with your assessment, Dan. That like it's like. You know, and I know that I guess reportedly Leo wanted to do this movie. What it, like excited him about it was it's sort of like a modern Three Days of the Condor, kind right. of like a movie in that spirit. And it sort of is like the spirit of that thing is there for sure. But like the bummer, it's of not it all, entertaining. Enough. Yeah, and right. the, and like it's not like Ridley Scott doesn't know how to put a suspense sequence together. Oh, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like the dude directed Alien. Like, right, do you right. know? It's like yeah. It, I don't know. Anyway. It's, but that, so, that was my, my also my biggest. And the other big thing, and actually this is a good segue into our final movie, is the brown eye contacts. Yeah, yeah. Which like why? Like Leo, yeah. Be- well, no, I think well, no, there's a reason why. So like a lot of spies actually do, he's it's not 
he's it's not brown face, but he's he's being done up with his beard and the brown contacts. So he blends in like a to little blend in a more. little bit more. Uh, I mean, right? I, yeah. Okay. So that right. I kind of understood, but he just looks so weird with he, the brown He has contacts. like he has like shark eyes, like a dog, like a dog, eyes. like a dog. <laughs> <eyes. laughs> yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> they roll over in the wire. He's, dead. Eyes, He's dead in the eyes. Yeah, in that I one hundred percent agree, and like it's I, distracting in, in a way that like it doesn't. Like there's there's other actors who will put in contacts, and I I won't even notice. Yeah, but him, I just well, those baby like, blues. Yeah, it's just like ooh, stop it. Like, yeah, you can fall into those baby. Dive no, right he's into got baby nothing blues. on his bisexual friend in Don's Plum. Let me go tell you. on, Scotty Bloom. Where you at, baby? <laughs> so he has <laughs> brown contacts for the, our next and final movie, Jagger. Jagger. Now I assume because Jagger had brown eyes. I want brown, which... I want brown eyes. Now, so and, real and quickly, let me tell you, if there's one thing that's amazing in that film, it's the makeup. So, oh like, that's... my god! <laughs> no, so hang on. Revolutionary Road comes out in 08. It was a big deal because it was him and Kate. Nobody really cared about it. I like the movie. I love the book. It's different. It's Mendy's being like, yeah, what if all we the... made a famous, darkly comedic satire book? But took on all the satire and comedy, <laughs> and it's just sad. It's and just I do, sad. but I do think yeah. I, all joking. That joke, is a good. Yeah, all joking book. aside, I do think the tragic version of it is still very effective, though it is weird that they adapted a really great American novel and took out the element of the novel that makes it great. But anyway. I've never read the book, but I've always heard that, and I'm always like, "There's a comedy version of this? did you?" I, and the I, only I kind of like I kind of like only, Revolutionary. Yeah. The only joke yeah. they keep. And it's the same end of the book as the movie is the old guy turning off his earpiece so he doesn't have to hear his wife nagging him. Yeah. That has how the book ends. That's how the movie ends. But the movie ends like that. And you're like, wait, why am I laughing at the end of this movie? Right, right. It's very weird. I will say. Not and then, of course, quickly, Shutter Island and yeah. Inception come out between the two. Which uh, Real quick A-sides. about Revolutionary Road. Uh, the one thing I do really appreciate that movie is the same thing that I love about, you know, just the excellent casting of something like Eyes Wide Shut is that it's like just this very brilliant knowing casting. And I don't think that movie works. Uh, I don't think Revolutionary Road would work at all if it wasn't yeah. Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. Because it's that. just that in joke of like. Oh yeah, what if Jack and Rose got together? It's like a oh, ship still sinks. Yeah, like, oh, okay. yeah I do. Like, I do like that. There's like a knowing thing that that movie does that I really appreciate. Shutter Island also really quickly is a movie that I uh, I've always kind of really liked. But anyway, Jedger. Jedger. Uh, okay, Clint Eastwood, written by Dustin Lance Black, who wrote Milk, the weirdest fucking combination. And I remember world. when it was announced, yeah. it was like, oh, <laughs> Dustin Lance Black writing a script about Jagger Hoover. It's famously rumored gay cross-dressing Jagger right. Hoover had Clyde Tolson was basically it's like lived that with him famous combination of Ryan Murphy writing a script for Mitt Romney right <laughs> like, exactly <laughs> and it was like Clint Eastwood's directing yeah Clint who is a well-known conservative who I do think in his movies does have a relatively deft hand he can handle things right like if you're you know Flags yeah. of Our Fathers Letters from Iwo Jima like the, the guy's not a He's a thoughtful person, yeah. at least artistically, when he makes movies like Bridges of Madison. You know, he can... but he's also a famous like Ed Wood one take wonder, right? <laughs> like... But I guess what I mean is, as an artist, as a filmmaker, he has platitudes, right? Where like a lot of his movies, like Bird, for example, about yeah. Charlie Parker, a lovely performance piece. That's this examination of this guy. You know what I mean? Where, but then he can also give you Grant Trino. Yeah. Where it's like, get off my lawn, the movie that 
everybody's parents love. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the thing. And we talked on the Costner episode about Perfect World, which right. Uh, that's a great it's, nuance. His be- it's his best movie, I think. It's yeah. a great movie. Uh, great movie. If you listener, if you haven't seen it, um, love that's great and watch it. Uh, yeah, I mean, Eastwood's frustrating to me for that exact reason. Where like, because I can, I you know, I don't know, whatever. I can disagree with someone's politics and still enjoy oh, yeah. whatever it is that they're putting out there. But, uh, but it feels like his swings are so big, kind of like yeah. you're saying, where it's like you're just kind of like, is this even the same? Like who? Yeah, who made this movie? Like, I, yeah. I so Jay Edgar is is a figure you would think maybe Clint Eastwood would want to cover. You know, basically made the FBI what it is, what it, yeah. you know. B- b- Scientifically, good guy. Everything else, fuck him. <laughs> That's right. my opinion right. on Jack. No, and I was yeah. going to say, I mean, look, Complicated American um, was in, was the head of the FBI for like at least six or seven presidents. Yeah. He is the reason they have term limits on uh, FBI, FBI directors. directors. Yeah. yeah. You know, had tapes, right? Yeah, surveilled Which, everybody. Uh, threatened now, everybody. Threatened everybody. Yeah. Um. W- never married. Uh, his longtime quote unquote friend, Clyde Tolson, who was an early hire of his, played by Army Hammer. And let me say something. Okay. Rewatching this performance, and I'm. I wish Army Hammer all the best luck. Um. That is a horrible performance. I want to be very clear. I don't like being negative, overly negative on this podcast. I really don't. Because like I've said before, we're all trying to make stuff, blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, you heard me earlier with Don's Plum. I, Let me just say. I will have, and, and I don't, I will say the one thing that frustrates me about listening to your podcast, Danny. Go, tell me. Guys. Is that you do Qualify. have, no, you do have the capability of being critical you do understand that you are allowed to be critical no, 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 but and you are so lovely and so sweet and i know that's who you are as a person right but like you can be i can be more critical yeah you can i know i know i know i know i know you're right no, one, no one's a gonna criticism. come after you like clint eastwood is not listening to your podcast that's Look, not but that's not but <laughs> army that's really hammer not is basically it, a perfect specimen of the human species yeah. so tear him apart whatever he's no, got, no, he's, no, no. he's gonna be i just i don't fun. do it i'm not thinking that <laughs> army hammer's listening i just think i just always get I think the more I've watched and the more I've written reviews and the more I've read reviews and the more I've, yeah. you know, I'm in this world. No, and much. I get it. That, like, there's a there's a currency to takes. I don't think you'll ever be that person. Sure, sure, sure. I so, appreciate like, that. I appreciate that. So, I just, it's a, such a terrible performance. Yeah. It, I, and I don't even remember thinking that when I saw it, like, nine years ago. But re-watching it, I was like, what? It, it clearly felt to me like... You know, Clint was famous for these limited takes. Maybe like Army just didn't have it, and Clint yeah. didn't care. I, that's the only thing I can think of. It. I think that's entirely possible. I think, I think another part of it too is, and I know, I think this is part of Leo's performance too. Um, I know that both of them wanted to be more like quote unquote graphic, but just more explicit about what was going on. And Eastwood, and granted, I think this is maybe an, a very Eastwoody cop out, but also t- true yeah. to what he does, was basically like, look, it's not in the script, and I, it seemingly wasn't. So, and he very usually like sticks to this, just shoots his scripts, right? Um, Famous prude, Dustin Lance Black. So. Right. Well, that right. was the other thing is like, yeah, the guy yeah. writes milk, and then it's you know, and you think, okay, maybe this will be you know, right. Clint Eastwood's gonna. 
push on. But of course, but if you Dustin Lance Black, I don't think ever said that you know his right. version was like well, no right. So Dustin I think Lance that's Black what he actually wrote. yeah he actually was. I was just about to do your thing and say famously, uh, but I won't do that. No, he reportedly like was kind of disappointed by it because he was like, Oh, I like working with a director and developing a script and like seeing what comes out of it once it's also in their hands. Oh, interesting. Okay. And Eastwood, uh, you know, he doesn't do that. So I think I, to bring it back to hammer and DiCaprio to a certain degree, I think it's, it's interesting because that part of that aspect of the movie is about two men who are frustrated and it, and it, and it clearly is two men who are frustrated, but like it doesn't come through in the way that you think yeah. it would or add to it. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's part of it. I think and, and combined with the thing of like just maybe not giving them enough to time to actually just develop it or put it on screen. Because I do know also that they Leo and Eastwood had a little bit of a falling out uh, about halfway through production. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know the specific moment. And I tried to find like other reports of it. And I only found it in two spots, but it was just kind of a mention. So I don't know. You know, it might not even be a real, real thing, but maybe falling out is strong. But basically where Leo would get frustrated with Eastwood because he would want another take. And Eastwood had literally like to avoid doing another take was like, that's a wrap. Like, and just like wrapped wow. for the day so that like Leo had no out apparently. That's so, got to be frustrating as yeah, an actor. Yeah. So, you know, I think all that comes on screen in a little bit, but like due to the apparent lack of certain things, I feel like. Well, and also watching it, I felt like they focused on not the most interesting things about Jago Hoover. So, for example, Naomi Watts is in this movie, and she plays the woman who was next, you know, was Hoover's secretary basically throughout his whole career. When he died, she got rid of all the secret files. This actually happened. Just show me that movie. Like, tell me the story that it's barely a part of this movie, right? You have that. The MLK tapes, right? Right. I mean, all of his personal stuff. It's really not that big of a part of this movie, right? The cross-dressing, the struggling with his sexuality. All of that stuff is in the movie, but really the movie is more about the Lindbergh baby. Right. About his, God, there's his, it's like, so much about his I rewatching it. I was himself. like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I like checked my watch and I'm like, am I really almost an hour in? Yeah, we're still and on we're Lindbergh? on Lindbergh. Yeah, which I mean, yeah. I understand it was the crime of the century, right? When it yeah. happened, but that was what it was coined as. But for a 2011 audience, right. that is not what is interesting, at least who, to many, about J. Edgar Hoover. Um, who is the cinematographer on this, by the way? So this is what I'm going to get to. Tom Stern, yeah. who works with um, Eastwood a lot. This is a uh, this is a, part, a, a very hard to watch this uh, is, in terms of cinematography. I want I want to say maybe very Clint Eastwood's ugliest film. I was going to well. say yeah, I was going to say and right and up, part of right that is there. is I think and I, I think this is clear throughout a lot of Eastwood. We've you know I keep making jokes about him being like a one take wonder, but like in all seriousness, he is very much. And the probably the most economic, famous working director. And because of that, there's a lot of rushing. I mean, people make fun of the baby in American Sniper. Sure. I think that's another thing about it is just he's just like, let's get care. it done. And so the look of this film, the makeup in this film. Oh. I mean, we haven't even touched on no, the, makeup. Yeah, the makeup. I mean, literally by the end of the movie, Leonardo DiCaprio looks like Mr. Potato Head come to life. Yeah. And and Army Hammer looks like Joe Biden, but he's been set on fire. 
and like that's, <laughs> that's, per- that's a perfect description. <laughs> he looks like a burn victim. They also, Joan, and I, they do so the thing with the you know so bad. like bad bad wig work slash yeah. balding wig work. Yeah. Girl, where, get a wa- lace front. Come on. This was the, this was Adam Driver's film debut. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <gasps> really? wasn't that interesting? Wow. That he was the wig. <laughs> he was. Um, yeah, people don't know. And he was like, I can't. He do lost a hundred pounds to um, play the wig. No, but it it has that that thing that um you know bad skullcap work basically yeah. is where like it they look like Twilight Zone aliens yeah, you know yeah. with like bigger brains and you you know what I'm talking about I 100 yeah. percent know what you're um, talking about and it yeah I don't, it's like one of those things it's like yeah I mean that scene where Bobby Kennedy is like to serve man is a cookbook <laughs> <laughs> like, um that's exactly what I was anyway. yeah um. Yeah, no, and it's just he looks like he's a monster. He looks like a monster, which I guess is effective because he's a monster. Yeah. But like, I, but I want that. I want that brought it's, out through characterization, yeah, not by physical, so, not by the makeup. It's so wild. Yeah, like that's like, like he he looks like he escaped the garbage pail like, kids movie. I don't know how to describe scene, it anymore. There's a like, scene like, with Army Hammer where he's basically like Jedger. Why don't you love me? Yeah. Right. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it looks like because you look like a four alarm <laughs> fire and like not in the sexy hot way. Like yeah. you just, uh, you it's... look like two phase. You look like both phase and, or whatever. The, and know, like normally, face. normally things like that. And, and maybe it's because it is like a big budget Hollywood film. It's like a prestige cinema film. Like normally stuff like that. I feel like I wouldn't be too like, too like, oh my God, it's so awful. But like you have. Oscar nominated talent behind the camera, yeah. in front of the camera, all around. You know, every, every like this is supposed to be the cream of the crop, and it you you get a movie that's lit like film school one hundred and one. Yeah, it's I mean, Body of Lies is similar too. It's that thing of like the the most weirdly the the most frustrating thing about the movie is the pedigree, right? You know, when you see the output, like if Body of Lies was made by some schmo, right. I'd be like, oh, that's a good capable yeah, little thriller, yeah, whatever. Absolutely. But like. Same thing with Jay Edgar. It's like, yeah, like you, all these people behind the camera. You're like, this right. should be great. You like, have a writer. Doing? You have even a director. More just... so with Jagger. Yeah. Because of, I mean, just, and, and even, so just to, Helen Gandy is the name of the woman that Naomi Watts plays, just to say that. Uh, so the content, I think, can be interesting. And like, for example, what I forgot that I did think was interesting in rewatching was this thing at the end, which is apparently true with Jagger. When Nixon became president, Jay Egger was so scared of Nixon and his paranoia that that was the precipice more than anything for like getting rid of the tapes. Yeah, because he was afraid of what Nixon was going like, to do. Like reprisals. With the tapes. Yeah, which I think is just little an did ancient... he know tapes would bring him down. Yeah, for real, <laughs> but you know, point being that. But once again, yeah. interesting in the movie. Give me five more minutes. Like right. it's it, it's a interesting part of a movie that's two plus hours that is glossed over, and, and you go, you know, okay, like it just it's, it's frustrating. It's a that nice way to focus on. I do think I it's know, an it's an appropriate. And I remember th- I haven't watched this movie since it came out. Um, I saw it in the theater. I don't know what I was thinking. I think I watched. Uh, I think I watched a screener of it. <laughs> um, but I remember thinking kind of what you're saying dan is like the idea that like oh, okay well that's like that feels like a clever appropriate thematic capstone to the movie right in terms of like how do you 
how do you solve a problem like Jedgar? <laughs> right? And you just like <laughs> Jedgar. <laughs> Uh, and you get out. Wait, wait, wait. No, but hang on. We talked about this before we recorded. There's a full scene that establishes why he chooses to call himself Jay Oh, Edgar. God, yeah. Seems there's a Mr. John Hoover whose credit has gone bad with us. That would appear to be you. That is not me, sir, on my word. My mother calls me Edgar, my niece calls me J.E., and I sign John E., not John. Well, sir, if you're a friend of Mr. Tolson's, just choose one name and reapply. All right. Why? Yeah, why is that in the movie? <laughs> like, where yeah. they're at, they're at the, the tailors, dude. Like, his credit's bad, and he's like, well, you're with Clyde Tolson, so it's all good. Just pick one name. Think about who, your whole life who before are your he people, plays. son? I don't have like, anybody. Solo. Like, yeah. that's what it it's is. Like, it's and he's like, just like, he's like, my name's John, but it's also Edgar. He's like, what if it was, he looks into the camera, Jay Edgar. Cut like, to end credits. He's done. <laughs> he sees a blue Jay fly by, and he's like, uh, Jay? Uh-huh. <laughs> Edgar. It's like, it, it's like the end of Usual Suspects. Yeah. He walks out of the shop and the guy looks around and he's like, oh and my I, God, drops a coffee cup. I truly, I truly think Billy Crudup gives a better Jagger performance in public. I'm enemies. glad you said that because that was, agree. no, that was going to be I cannot hear you. I cannot hear you. He's great. He's in great. His, like, four he's seconds. 100% in uh, just in general, Billy Crudup all the way, all the time. Yeah. I'm I'm in that boat. So like, you know a movie, actually, I wonder if you, either of you have seen this. You know a movie I like a lot? That I think I'm the only one. I like that movie Stage Beauty a lot. I love Stage Beauty. Okay, good. Yeah, so yeah. that was him and Claire Dance. That was overshadowed by the very sad fact that he left pregnant yeah, yeah. Mary Louise Parker. Yeah, yeah. To oh, be yeah. With Claire Danes, oh, yeah. Which is tough. okay. Billy but Crudup like, acting all the way. That's right. my yeah. Billy Crudup person. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> nice. But I like. Nice I really back, like. <laughs> I, I really like uh, Stage Beauty. But anyway, Public Enemies, directed by Michael Mann, who directed Black Hat, the masterpiece Black Hat. <laughs> He's good. Um, I'm calling an Uber right now. <laughs> so, all right, Leo, we've come. It says here your driver's name is Jed. Black Hat. <laughs> Black Hat. <laughs> so, we were telling two different jokes. Oh, uh, we are. <laughs> we are. We have. We are off the rails. Yeah. All right, so Leo, after this, it's all A sides, right? Oh, yeah. It's it's. But it's also like the Oscar. It's Revenant. It's Tarantino. It's but, Django. But also, it's s- slowed down. It's, well, he doesn't yeah. make that many movies, right? right. Yeah, and and like I do wonder what the impetus to that is. I just uh, think he's, I think he's at a place where, right. you know, he can he can control that. I also enjoy the fact, like that, he controls the age of the movie. Right. I also Christ. like the fact that he's like what a solid like one ninety one ninety five in the media is like dad bot is in. Yeah, it's like yeah. calm down, guys. That was like yeah. the Jason Momoa picture going oh, around. God, that was such yeah. the Jason shitty. Momoa picture yeah. where he looks yeah. amazing, and yeah. they're like, oh, it looks like he gained some pounds. He's yeah. like, from what? What do you, what mean? you mean? Because he's not currently shooting Aquaman. Right, like what? Exactly. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. What do we want to see from Leo? Obviously, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's out. He doesn't have anything immediately. The Roosevelt movie. Right. The um, long gestating. I think I know where you're going. Well, there's a few, but the uh, the movie also about the FBI, in which Hoover actually is a character, the um, Killers of the Flower Moon, based on the David Grand book, which is one of my favorite books recently. Scorsese, 
with Leo in it about the murders of Native Americans in Osage County. Oh, really? I didn't know about this. Um, I think it's Osage County. Amazing nonfiction book written by David Grant, who wrote Lost City of Z, who is uh, an amazing nonfiction writer. I, I genuinely thought you were going to go more towards uh, Devil in the White City. Devil in the White City. Which, which is well, like... is going to be a show on uh, Hulu. Is that still happening, though? Produ- I don't know, but that yeah. was going to be produced by Scorsese and uh, Leo with no confirmation if Leo was going to play... Yeah. The serial killer. So, I mean, he's always had a lot of stuff. God, he's I, just, per- I want that to happen so I know. I, I know. That's a great, that's a great that to book, hap- too. Yeah, it's um, uh, he's produced a lot of stuff. Um, you know, he is an environmentalist. He is an, hey, he's which, an environmentalist. Which rubs people the wrong way, which is insane to me, whatever. You know? Yeah. It's really? like it's like people are like, I don't like it when actors do serious stuff, but also these rich people put, should put their money where their mouth is. And it's like... He, did, uh, he does. Yeah. I liked. I liked his last uh, documentary before the flood. I like quite a bit. Um, directed by Fisher Stevens. Oh. Directed by Short Circuit himself. <laughs> Even though I guess he's not Short Circuit. No, no, right. That's a robot. Actually, no one is Short Circuit in the movie. Is that it's, true? Is the robot just, well, not named that was Short Circuit? The robot's name is Johnny Five. No, that, oh, I don't think I've ever seen. No, that was the, the deleted Taylor Shop scene from J. Edgar. Is like, what's what's <laughs> your name? And he's like, oh, well, I don't know. Yeah. Put down Short, Short Circuit. Short Circuit. That's weird. I got <laughs> All right, so other than what's on the horizon, is there anything you want to see from Leo? I want to see another romance. I love yeah. romance, Leo. I love Great Gatsby. I love Titanic. I want to see another romance. That's all. Yeah, I would like to see him. I'd be down for that. I would, yeah. I want to see him charming again. He's charming. Yeah. He's charming in Great Gatsby, but obviously it's like a, you know, it's like a quirky character too. Right. So it's not, he's kind of allowed to do both of those right. sort of it's, two gears that you well, were that, mentioning and that's, before. And that's what I love about Great Gatsby yeah. is he's he's playing a role that's playing a role. And I think that's not always easy yeah, to Yeah, truly, on, I think, a phenomenal performance yeah, I think, yeah. in that movie. Um, he, but I, yeah, I would like to see like something that maybe yeah is a, a little lighter a little bit more yeah. jack dawson like as someone we, who's look, just like effortlessly charismatic i it seems like at least a little bit of once upon a time in hollywood will have this so yeah. we could be saying this and you're like screaming into the yeah your you know your phone right now being like idiots yeah it's <laughs> out so but what about you gavin anything no i mean i think that's sort of where it's at i i mean i i don't want to see any more jay eggers from him and i, I don't want to see any more revenants right and i was gonna say i don't want to see you know and that's sort of like i don't mind when he does i don't know it's so complicated because i as i've said before or you I don't, don't have a uh, the dog in this fight right yeah right. i don't i don't think he's strong when he goes too far out well there he is your like, he is your half brother yes right biologically so yeah. <laughs> i do understand how there is that complicated yeah. thing yeah there's a lot of jealousy there yeah. his legal yeah. name though he did change it it was Peavious. Peavious. he changed yeah. it to dicaprio um Number you do have a good brand in Je- japan i know which which i i textured that photo when i was working yeah at literally every everybody does that, that. oh i'm not original yeah. thanks i'm gonna exactly. go watch black hat so. gavin yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, seventy-five different formats. Whatever. <laughs> Black Hat's a masterpiece. Um, thank you for listening, Leonardo DiCaprio. What? what I was gonna say. What do you want? Yeah. Well, I said romance. Oh, romance. Just said romance. Yeah. I mean, I think basically, I would just want him to like. I, in that maybe in that romance a growing movie. pains reboot I, I want to I want to remake <laughs> long of, of, as we got each other. Best. I think the oh, I think the best TV show theme song. Uh, I want a Brian remake Cranes. of War of the Roses with him and Kate Winslet. Ooh, actually, yeah, it's Revolutionary Road. <laughs> no, but um, fun, but funny. But fun. I, yeah. I, I want the funny one. No, yeah. I want to see him play a 
human. Yeah. Like, I want to see... I, we, you and I, Dan and I were watching Moneyball, like, two nights ago or whatever. His Moneyball? And we, we've all... This is yeah. another thing we've talked about a lot on this. You it's want like, him in the Jonah Hill role? Got yeah, it. of course. No, 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 but the, like, how underrated it is when movie stars yes. play, play like normal you, performances well you brought you actually brought this up in the jake gyllenhaal yeah. episode too and i now i'm tr- now like my brain's it's escaping stronger like, what, stronger yeah. but in, even before stronger you were talking about a performance of brother uh, oh maybe it was proof where it was, yes. like, yes. yeah, where it was just it's it's not as you know people don't gravitate towards it but it is always nice to see an actor who is able to portray especially an actor like jake gyllenhaal and i was so happy that you guys brought up that he's an over actor because he is in fact an yes, 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 yes. Um, they're very similar but I think. they, they are Leo. they yeah. are very yeah. similar but it is nice to see when they can pull off a regular person and it's impressive but because they're not doing anything to like nothing eye-catching your brain doesn't process it you don't as... register it and it's not until i feel like the dust settles on performances like right. that, that you go back and you're like, oh man, he was just really. And I think yeah. I might've said this before, but I'll say it again. One of my favorite quotes by an actor is someone asked Ethan Hawke when before sunset was getting notices, yeah. you, you get offended when people say it just seems like you're playing yourself. And Ethan Hawke said that, mu- that must be one of the greatest compliments you can get because you aren't playing yourself, and if people think you are, you're doing something right, right? Because they're just assuming it. Right. Now, let me just say this: Does that mean his performance in Don's Plum is great? well? <laughs> if you read the article, We've come back around. If, <laughs> if you read the article that we link to, he is quoted, according to other people, as saying when they were like developing that character for the one night shoot that he was going to play him the asshole version of himself times ten. That's what he says. I I That's, will admit I'm I'm now going to employ his strategy in that movie where anybody like challenges him intellectually and he just screams at them for them to leave. Yeah, because he does that like four different times. He does, and Don's yeah. plum. Just, and just and get don't out forget of here. Say bro. Say bro. bro. Yeah. Now, last thing, just because I have it written down here, I have I'm on a coin something for that late '90s into early aughts. The Leo's dickhead trilogy, Man in the Iron Mask, Celebrity, and The Beach. <laughs> Let's own That's that good. with with yeah. a Susan of Don's Plum. Yeah. But you got to spell dick like capital D, lowercase i, capital C. Like, yeah. That's very, I get it because that, that's his name. Very clever. That is very true, bro. It's I'll very sing clever, bro. Now, bro. All right. Thanks for listening, bro. Um, obviously, you can follow us everywhere. Gavin, the Mixed Reviews. Yes. Uh, just a quick plug for my podcast. Mixed Reviews is a film podcast where we take a subject. We take about two weeks and we sort of uh, we talk about everything that's great about it and everything that's not so great about it. It's me and my friend Louie. You can find us online at, at the Mixed Reviews and you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com if there's anything you want. Please leave us a review, by the way. Great to us. podcast. Um, can I real quick too, and this is not about my podcast, it's about your podcast. I have to say, I, I genuinely love every episode and I listen to your podcast, Thank but you. I think there is no one better at this game than julie mecca and if you do not get her her own fucking podcast you're robbing you're robbing the world of perhaps what i mean this with all my heart she is the loveliest person i don't think i've ever actually met her in person but i just there are veins bulging out of gavin's head right now i fucking love your mom i so appreciate amazing she Um, she is the best seriously and she's where any movie inkling of my own comes from if if she listens to the show she does let it be known I think she's fantastic. And I, and I say that with no hint of, of of humor at all. Like genuinely, I look forward to her being on your show. I can't wait to like have her past on again. and I really future guest, Julie yeah. Mecca. And truly, so. when we have her on, I didn't mean this, and I've said this to her. 
I do hear from friends and other like people on Twitter and whatnot who say that they love hearing her. So that's very nice of you to D- say. Does she feel it. strongly about anybody else that might have an intersection with me? I would love to be on that. Oh my god, yes, definitely. Honestly. We'll we'll talk off mic. She's got some gems, my friend. She's got we we started soft with Gear and Ryan because those are two of her favorites. Yeah. But like we haven't done a Harrison Ford one. Oh my god, Ooh. and that's like that is I mean yeah. that is Julie's six days seven that, nights baby. Oh, I'm, I'm all in for big, Mosquito Coast. Kind yeah. of a big fan of okay. six days seven nights. Actually, that's a yeah. perfect piece. It's that's a, a B-side. perfect piece. All right, this is great. I love you both. I love you all, all of you listening. Real quick, uh, just because I told him I would do this, uh, past and future guest Corey Everett. Oh, yes. Thank creator you. of Cinephile. the Cinephile card game. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Cinephile Game. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Follow uh, me, Corey. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that's oh, right. Shit. I, I challenge you. That. I'll refollow you. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. His personal is Mo- Modage, M-O-D-A-G. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my personal is friendless mean, just in case you forgot, Corey. Oh, my God. <laughs> what's so great is we, funny? what I love about this is we all were on the same trivia team. Yep. It's like this in, like, oh, I, I see it's also now making it impossible for me to cut it out. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I was recalling the time where I lost the um, tiebreaker, the one tiebreaker I lost to David Sims. Yeah. Oh, fucking Ingmar Bergman. Yeah. I like, he's not one of my guys. It's David okay. crushed me. But I would win sometimes. You can't know everything. I tell this to you every night tr- before talking to you. But I try. Gavin. You're such a good boy. Anyway, <laughs> um, there will be an Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn on August 13th, a uh, cinephile game night. Oh, cool. Um, I don't have any more real specific details other than that, but I just told Corey I'd plug it, and uh, we've played a little bit of it. Uh, it's fun. It's great. It's a very and if you're listening, it's on sale. Yeah, we're about to be on. Sale. It's about to be on sale. I believe the uh, the game comes out in August. Yeah, um, it's it's a lot of fun. So great. so give that a look. Um, and yeah, yeah. Contact us. Comment us. Email us. Tweet us. We love you. you... I gotta have Connor on the show. I mean, obviously. I've yeah, gotta you gotta have, have him on. Yeah, the next of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but until then, bro, where I tell you love it, bro. <laughs> <laughs>